T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris, and we are into yet another edition of In the Brews. In the Brews. Got a couple of pieces of Brews news to get to. One that is a massive national piece of news. Brews Clues. Brews Clues. We should do a Brews Clues episode. Oh, God. We could. Wow. Is that like beer trivia? Do I I quiz you on beer? uh, I don't know. I was thinking of Blues Clues, the TV show. I know. Don't we got to find something? Right, but... Do we, do we have to do a bunch of drugs and find strippers, too, like the guy on Blue's Clues? <laughs> I forget his name. What was his name? Oh, God. Yeah, he's not with us anymore, is he? I don't know, but I, I, I used to watch that show a little bit growing up because it, it was kind of, it came out kind of when I was still young, so it was at that border. I watched a little Blue's Clues. I don't remember the guy's name, though. Man. Maybe for our anniversary, we'll get a bunch of you Yahoo listeners out there together and we'll do a Blue's Clues scavenger hunt somewhere. And then the last spot, we're there, and you come hang out or something? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That'd be interesting. We just all have to go to a bunch of different places and drink lots of beer and get looted. That would be really fun, actually. Do you think that would ever happen? Do you think we'll ever have the... The the six people that listen to this? They might show up. The amount of wherewithal to get that done. Uh, With how how rapidly we do these and how behind schedule we get. Although right now, we're very far ahead schedule, which feels very good. Yeah. um, Um, Do you think that's ever going to (laughs) happen? Well, yeah. It just means I would have to do something on the weekends instead of just rolling around everywhere and getting drunk. (laughs) Well, you could just do that, but just pre-plan the scavenger hunt. Yeah. Like, do the scavenger hunt before I leave the house. Because they usually don't drink at the house. Well, the problem is is we're going to know the scavenger hunt locations because we're creating the scavenger hunt. Oh, that's right. So the, the fun will be for the listeners, if they wanted to do it, is every hour we would move to a new location, and we would go, or every 90 minutes, if you want to give yeah. us a little more time. We start a blank brewery. If you find us there, hey, great. Now we disappear. Go find the next brewery, or whatever. Nice. I don't know. It's an interesting idea, I guess. Bruce uh, Clues. Bruce Clues. It's got to have some cool kind of song, it, too. It absolutely does. All right. You can find us all over the place. Podcasts are working again. Yay. Woo! Sorry about that, guys. So the Lucky Lab podcast, which did not show up anywhere near on time, is now up in all the various places. That includes Radio.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, 1080thefan.com. You can find it along with all the other podcasts that have gone up. Uh, that includes the Mexican-style lager podcast, which is also up right now correctly. All of those things are now up and in the right place. Which I really enjoyed. As far as we we know at this point, <laughs> unless anything breaks again, because it's been breaking every day, it feels like. Um, also, you can find us on social media. I'm at MikeLynch27 on Twitter. Patrick's at PDD085 on Instagram. And we've been noodling with the f- idea of making a Beers on Us Instagram, specifically for the podcast. Although I do not have Instagram, and I'm... Maybe an idiot, but I'm like staunchly not wanting to do it 
Because for the longest time, I was like, I've never seen Titanic. And I was proud of that because everyone's seen Titanic. And I was like, I've never seen it. I've seen it now. You're like those people that have never seen Game of Thrones. It's like, it's like I'll be saying, hey, Mike, uh, did you watch last week's episode of Game of Thrones? And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, someone will bust in the door and be like, I've never seen that show before. And yeah. I'm proud of it. And you're never like, going to watch an episode. You're like, okay, all thanks, right. Thanks for telling all me. All right, chill out. Um, we weren't talking to you. Nope. You were over there anyway. Yeah, it's like, how you do you- might have to pay for this wall, too, like, by the way, Kool-Aid a, man. A vegan walks into the bar. And everyone knows because they've already told you. Yeah, or, like or someone who does CrossFit. Yeah, CrossFit. Same, Vegan same and thing. CrossFit. Although I think the CrossFit thing is kind of faded from popularity. I think people still do it, but it's not as much of a, hey, this is what we're doing. Orange Theory, brah. Now everyone's on the keto thing. Everyone oh, has to tell you they're on keto. I'm not doing keto. Me, me neither. I don't think we can drink on keto. No, you cannot keto? drink. You is cannot, it keto or is it keto? Keto. I and like you can keto. You cannot drink beer. I don't think you can have carbs. I think that's the, there's a no-carb thing. Just no carbs? Pretty I can sure. do no carbs, no problem. I can't. I just can't give up beer. I love bread. Oh, I don't. I like bread, but I don't love it. I love bread. <laughs> okay, so this week's podcast is in the brews. Like I said, we have a big national bit of news, and then we have a little bit of a local thing as well. Or maybe it's a big, big local thing. I'm not 100% sure yet. But uh, we'll get to that in a second. Week in beer, quickly, before we get into the new stuff. Uh, I, d- I teased this last week that I would tell you guys how it was, but I had the Black Butte 27 <laughs> This weekend, and I pulled up the website to tell you about the tasting notes. And let me just say, Deschutes website, aces. Yeah, really nice. There's so many breweries websites who are garbage. Yeah, you like you go on, and half the site's broken. You try to go to a menu, and it brings you to a bunch of <laughs> fa- pages that are not found, or it brings you back to the main home screen for some reason. My favorite is when, uh, like, we get drops at bottle shops of like breweries from like Midwest or East Coast, and you you know it just says you know. Water bottle, IPA, and like just has a name on it, doesn't have any descriptor, anything like that, and gives you the ABV. And then you're like, oh, sweet, I'm going to jump on the website and learn about this. And it's just like seasonal IPA. Don't give you any hops, nope. don't give you ABV, don't give you anything like that. And it drives me bonkers. So this beer had pale wheat, midnight wheat, chocolate, and crystal malts in it. I love that they gave you the malts. Gives you Millennium Cascade and uh, U.S. Tetnang or us Tetnang hops? Let me see. I don't know what that last one is. Oh, U.S. Tetnang? Yeah, that's what I said. Or us Tetnang. Also has Theo chocolate cocoa nibs, apricot puree, and pomegranate molasses and was barrel aged for six months in bourbon barrels. Yummy. So when I bought this, I, I was a little bit nervous but excited and intrigued by the apricot and pomegranate in this beer. What are you nervous about? Like being sweet? Well, I, I don't love fruit beer. So when I see that fruit profile in one of my favorite beers, Blackview mm-hmm. Porter and the barrel age version, which has always been delicious, it just gives me a little bit of pause. It was like, is this going to be too fruity for me? Right. It was not. It was delicious. Good. I really, really enjoyed it. I had it. I, I think I said this last week. I went to John's and I splurged a little bit and I got a, a couple of things that were more expensive than the 22s I would normally buy because I was there for a random reason. Um, and I got that. I tried the Ferment Woodsman Porter in their weird little stubby bottle. That was really solid. I had Three Creeks 10 Pine Chocolate Porter, which I think I've had before. It was good. And then I had the uh, the Mole Stout from the Hellboy oh, series. How was that? Which was wildly interesting. Yeah. It was 
it, although I should have assumed this by the name of the beer, it had a lot of that Mexican style chocolate stout aspect going on. There was the spices in there. There was actually a decent amount of heat in it mm. that really kind of surprised me and, and, you know, rest in peace. But it reminded me a little bit of the sweet heat from Burnside Brewing that uh. they really put out there a lot that, that had a, a good kick of spice that we uh, that I'd never really expected in beer. So that was it was really interesting and good. So I was uh, very very thankful that you had a uh, a friend bring that to you to give to me. Good, I'm glad you enjoyed that. Um but yeah, so Black P27 if you want to spend the money on it it is obviously more expensive cuz it's uh it's the anniversary beer. Anniversary beer barrel aged, you know, it's got the wax seal on top. Give that a try cuz it is it's an interesting take on what I think we've normally seen with those Black Butte 27s which just tend to be barrel aged chocolatey stouts. I like the fruit profile in it. It was good. Uh, my week, uh, there's really nothing too much to talk about, but there is, uh, an update on, um, no IPA drinking, Patrick. I'm assuming that's over. Um, I, so Saturday, I woke up in the morning, did some chores around the house, cleaned myself up, made some lunch, drank a True Gold. Just feeling awesome. Okay. Feeling great. Blah, blah. We're going to do this. Stopped at uh, Breakside Deacon to have lunch. Hadn't seen those guys in a while. Figured I'd have, you know, have a couple beers and have a little bite to eat and say hello to my friends. Got there, had a couple lagers, had the Hellas, had a rice lager, feeling awesome. Drove over to my mother's because we were doing Mother's Day on Saturday, basically. And uh, my stepbrother was in town, so we actually ended up getting the whole family together. We went over to Trapdoor Brewing, uh, which is down the street from my mom's house in Vancouver. And drank some lagers there. And I'm just like, I'm doing this. We are doing this. I got to Thirsty Sasquatch after that. Had another lager there. We were bouncing around town some more. Kept drinking lagers. And then eventually cocktails at the end of the night. By the end of the night, I was so sick of drinking non-hoppy beer that it literally was making me sick. <laughs> so Sunday I got up and I was like, okay, we're going to still... That sounds like a drug addict reaction, by the way. We're still going to try to do this. We're I'm st- having withdrawal. Yeah, we're still going to do this. It's going to be totally fine. I lasted till about 3 o'clock, and I think I drank six IPAs on Sunday. Because I was like, I can't do this anymore. I just can't. Did you enjoy them again? Because uh, you said you would stop because you were getting kind of cynical about it. Well, I think the reality was was I was still I'm still enjoying the IPAs that I like, and I'm still cynical of new stuff because I'm just I think some of it is just not very good. Okay, but I had a punk rock time from Barrelick last night again. I love that beer. Still loving that beer. It's still great. I had a Stay West too, which is tasting really good. Ooh, new batch of Mo Problems, the Slabtown uh, Breakside location. I love that beer. It's like a five six mini Breakside IPA. Well, there you go. I'm uh, I'm sorry that you broke that streak, and I'm, I'm sorry that it didn't I feel help a, you become less cynical about other IPAs that are coming out. But I'll tell you what, I feel a whole lot better about it. Well, good because it's like your drug, and your withdrawal is over, and now you're just back onto the onto the thing. You need your next hit soon, right? Yep, we're good. You know, I'm assuming you're you're off today. Oh no, you're not off today. No, I got to go into work. Okay, but after work. But it's tasting panel today. Ah, so IPAs. Yeah, coming in. Yeah, yeah, every day. Just get one. Bam. Just at least one. Um. I accidentally had to have a shower beer yesterday, actually. You accidentally had to? Well, because I I opened a beer, uh, and the and then I went upstairs for, I don't know, like 30 minutes. And you know, I was like, you know what? My wife's laying down to go to sleep. I'm not going to fall asleep right away, but I'll read my book, and I'll, I'll go up with her. And I was like, let me just go close up downstairs. And I realized I had an entire un, untouched beer, and I was like, well, I'm getting ready for bed. 
which means brushing my teeth, mm. which means putting my retainer in. And I'm like, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a shower. Do you usually take a shower at night? Uh, I've started to. Okay. I, I, enjoy, I just enjoy it. Yeah. I like I like showering. It makes the soothingness. It makes the process of getting ready for bed, which I despise, because if I want to go to bed, I just want to lay down and go to bed. Mm-hmm. I hate having to go brush your teeth, all that stuff. It it makes it a little bit more enjoyable for me. And I was like, well, I'll just drink my my beer in there before I brush my teeth. So I had a shower beer, Unint- unintentional shower beer. Shower beers are life. Mirapon Pale Ale They're in the great. shower. I love shower beers. Although the bottle in the shower was weird. I feel like shower beers need to be cans. I don't care. I know, but there's there's a there's something about the can versus the bottle that I that I enjoyed about it. But accidental shower beer happened last night. I've done a pint glass in the shower before. Don't do that. Yeah, don't, don't do, do that. that. Too well, much surface area. Soap residue flinging in <laughs> Too from across. Much surface area. Uh anyway, so let's get into the in the brews portion of the podcast. And we'll start with the big national story, and that is that Boston Brewing Company, aka Sam Adams, has purchased Dogfish Head. They have merged technically. Okay, but they purchased. Yeah. $300 million. I love that article. It's like Dogfish Head and Boston Beer Company have merged, and the dogfish uh, shareholders have been paid out a collective of $300 or $175 million. The way mergers work is wouldn't Boston Beer shareholders be paid out as well? Yeah. But no. Uh, this is a huge power move. It's a it big is. power move. Dogfish Head, outside of Sam Adams, I think is the probably the biggest national brewery out there in terms of reach and people knowing it exists. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Boston Beer Company sits at, and, and then when you break down into Barrelage, because um, yeah, I would I would assume everyone in America knows who Dogfish Head is. They don't at least beer drinkers. Yeah, yeah, they don't have to be top five, but they people know who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston Beer Company is the number two largest. Second largest craft brewery in America, independent craft brewery in America by Barrelage, and Dogfish Head is number 14. So putting two and 14 together is a lot. Who's number one? (laughs) You'd never guess it. No? Because you'd forget. But I'll give you a hint. It's something you drank, you personally have drank a lot of. Uh... And I have probably, I don't think I've ever had this beer in my entire life, but I know what it is. Oh, is, did you say this the other day? Is it Yingling? It is Yingling. That's the number one in Number Verilich? one craft beer in America. That's weird. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Dr. Shed being 14 is interesting to me, too, because I feel like, and maybe it's a marketing thing from them, but their whole 30-minute, 60-minute, 90-minute IPA series, mm-hmm. they really pushed that out when mm-hmm. IPAs were getting big in America, and they were like, look at all this cool stuff we're doing. And, and then I think anywhere you go on the East Coast, it's on tap. And I see it, maybe not on tap as much out here, but I see it all the time in stores and bottle shops and stuff. You'll see Dogfish Head out there. I, and I'm assuming Midwest is the same thing. They're huge, mm-hmm. even if their barrelage isn't that big. Um, it's interesting. I was reading in this article, so Boston Beer Company's sales are are dropping substantially. And I think generally this article was saying that beer is dropping a bit uh, in, in the American liquor market mm-hmm. it's it is now fallen under 50 percent for the first time in a very long time in terms of percentage of users quote unquote uh with wine and hard liquor making gains on it and that does include by the way like cider and hard seltzer which are getting really popular mm-hmm. uh which i think boston beer company has their own stakes in some of those companies as well yeah I'm they sure. own angry orchard 
And if I'm not mistaken, they own Mike's Hard Lemonade, too. Yeah. And, and I think they own, like, a White Claw type. I don't know if it's White Claw specific. But that type but of hard seltzer. Something like that, like a hard seltzer. So I think they're basically saying, so beer is falling at least a little bit nationally. Craft beer, maybe, specifically. And let's just go ahead and help ourselves financially by getting a really, really successful growing. And it has been growing, Craft Brewery and Dogfish Head. So pretty big move. Yeah, it's... I don't know how to take it. I mean, Boston Beer Company definitely cements themselves as macro beer with this move. And Dogfish Head, welcome into macro beer world. I mean, I always, I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with being macro brew. Because macro is below big beer, above craft That's brew. what I would say. I yeah. would just say macro brew is when you are a company that owns multiple breweries. Like you're not, you know, AB and Bev, Miller Coors, things like that. But, you know, this new investment that Ninkasi's getting into that we talked about last in the brews. Or, you know, that uh, this Founders is now with Avery and some other Midwest brewery, I can't remember, in sort of a little mini conglomerate. What CBA was before they were bought by AB and Bev, that is macro. And Boston Beer Company is macro. And Dogfish rolls into that now. Good for you. I mean, for those out there, I know I, I once volunteered. This is years ago, so I don't know how popular it is now. I once volunteered for the Double uh, IPA Fest at Cerveza probably four years ago is the, the year I'm recalling. And I had a full half barrel keg of one twenty minute dogfish head, and I was one of the most popular people there because people love that triple IPA. Yeah, and I haven't actually had a ton of dogfish head, as far as I know. I think I've had it before, but not to the point where I can specifically tell you if I liked it or not. But I do know I didn't dislike it. Right? Yeah. I think I think that would have stuck out to me a little. I bit. I don't care for their IPAs too much. They're a little too malt intensive for me. It's an East Coast. IPA. It's an East Coast IPA. Um, but I've had a lot of their different styles, one-off stuff. You know, I've had some sours from them. I've had a Shrapel from them. Um, I've had all different kinds of stuff. Like they have one that's m- music, music to drink beer to. Hmm. Or- Drink beer to music. Beer to like, drink music to. Beer to drink music to. I think something that's like actually that? what it's called. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and uh, that's a tripel, I think. And I, I, I enjoyed that. So I've had stuff from them that I like. I'm just, I just don't do their IPAs. I mean, they're doing something right because yeah. they're introducing the IPA style to the markets that don't necessarily drink IPAs. Because we out here are, are blessed with great IPAs mm. and the West Coast IPA and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm telling you, where I grew up, it was not a thing. People didn't drink IPAs. Yeah. And Dogfish Head was the first one that I ever saw that came in. And when people started talking about it where I grew up, they were like, oh, this Dogfish Head, I'm going to have a Dogfish Head. I was like, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> what is that? I thought it was a cocktail or a mixed yeah. drink of some sort. And I saw it was an IPA. And back then I was like, yeah, bitter. No, no, thank you. But mm. I think I've had it and enjoyed it in the same time. And and to be completely honest with you, there are Sam Adams beers that I find really good, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, I think, we're not knocking Sam Adams No, no, here. no. I, I was just throwing that out there. I think uh, maybe maybe in this town they might get a bad rap because they're Sam Adams, right? They're right. macro, if mm-hmm. you want to call it that. Couldn't be, couldn't be further from being non-local. Right. But I've gotten some of their little mixed boxes before where they have seasonal boxes. Some of the beers they make are really interesting, yeah. the seasonal stuff, and really good. Um, so if they add Dogfish Head, it doesn't necessarily mean anything is going to go down from Dogfish Head because no. of this. Because they're not they're not like they're bad brewers or anything like uh, that. Uh, if anything, it should just reinforce Dogfish Head. And maybe we'll see even more Dogfish Head stuff because it sounds like everybody kept their jobs and, you know, the owners of Dogfish Head are, you know, going into the hierarchy of Boston Beer Brewing Company and they should be totally fine. I wonder if this will be enough to 
to push Boston beer to the number one brewery in America. Probably. It probably is. Uh, honestly, uh, I'm I'm still surprised that Yingling is number one. That just floors me because I did, I've did i never seen it outside uh, of where I grew up. Yeah, but I mean, if it's absolutely everywhere, and I mean everywhere. Where I grew up. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of people there. Yeah, it's like Deschutes is everywhere. Not that kind of everywhere. Right. Everywhere yeah. here, lower populated area versus everywhere there, Yeah, it's massive amounts of people. Yeah, so. I think the list is one Yingling, two Boston, three uh, Sierra Nevada. Pale Ale. Whoa. And then I think four is New Belgium. Lagunitas up there too? Yeah, I think they were like six or seven. Deschutes hit number 10. Nice. Yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised. There that you Deschutes go, Deschutes. Was, I was kind of despite surprised that Deschutes was bigger than uh, Dogfish Head, just because I don't know how much Deschutes goes out to the East Coast. I wonder, yeah, I know, I've told the story on the podcast, my mom has to drive to Pennsylvania yeah, to get yeah. it from my dad. Um, I wonder if some of the bigger local breweries here are considering opening up a location, a full-time location in another city, because we've seen Deschutes do those little pop-up mm-hmm. things for a weekend, and they've gone to Chicago, and they've gone to some big cities. Yeah, Oscar Blues is over in Carolina, as is Sierra Nevada now. Um, so they're, I think New Belgium is in, yep, New Belgium's in Asheville as well. And that's in California? In North Carolina, or, or, yeah. or New Belgium is in Fort Collins. Oh, that's Colorado. And, okay. uh, so they're in Fort Collins, and they have a place in Asheville. I did not go to that when I was in Asheville. And then Oscar Blues is outside of Denver, like kind of north of Boulder. They have a spot in the Carolinas as well, and Sierra Nevada. So I mean, it's it's a thing. I'm just I'm curious because I don't think we've seen any Oregon brewery make that leap. Not that I well, I mean, Ten Barrels in Idaho. Well, that's a good one. You know, yeah, Ten Ten Barrels in Boise, and I, I, I know, went to that one. Actually. I think they're I think they are opening or opened one in San Diego. I'm not sure, though. I don't follow sellout beer. Um, but, yeah, we see it. But I think it. I think you'd have to be a pretty large-sized brewery to pull it well, off. Well, that's why I say Deschutes. Yeah. I wonder if they could pull. I mean, I guess North Carolina might be the new East Coast hotbed of beer if we're seeing all this yeah. movement there. But um, I, I, I just, when I saw that, the pop-up shop in Chicago, and Chicago has a, a you know, decent craft beer scene. They've got Goose Island there and stuff that that is although now they've sold out too, right? But mm-hmm. um, they've got a decent scene there, and you've got founders in Michigan, so it's all close. I wonder if they'd consider doing something like that. Or, I, or if that would be deemed not local enough for a company that has stayed completely independent and local. Yeah, I think there's two ways to look at it. I think you'd want to look at it like you'd have you'd want to find a location in which you were, your beer was really desired. I think that's one way to look at it. Like what we're going to talk about next. That's something that works because Portland desires this beer and can't really get it. The other way to look at it is something like a Sierra Nevada going to Asheville, North Carolina. I guarantee you all those people out there can get pale ale and torpedo as much as they want. Anytime they've traveled, they've had Sierra Nevada. So that brand is super established i don't just mean kind of established like oh we get we get some of this like oh we get ruben's beers in town i like ruben's beers that's great bam they open one whoa 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 that's not what i mean yeah but oscar blues isn't the same as that i think new belgium is but people don't get oscar blues right right and i don't know how that's doing Mm. um i'm not saying it's doing bad but i don't know i think that's a huge risk so those are the two kind of ways to do it i think you know if you were somebody like freem you would want to look you know, 
at a place like Austin, Texas, like or Nashville, Tennessee, you know, would Austin, Texas really want a Freem brewery? I think they would. However, just just opening up a Freem in Chicago or San Diego might not be the smartest move. Gotcha. Interesting. I'd just be curious to see what what first big local brewery makes that jump. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, outside of Ten Barrel. And I don't really count Boise as really spreading your wings too far because that's still considered the Northwest anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. They're right uh, there. Anyway, so the last part of In the Brews is something from Brinkside. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Something cool coming down from us. Um, we are currently in construction on a new tap room in Milwaukee, mm. which is really, really exciting. Same building, right? Same building. Yeah, we're not leaving. We're not going anywhere. Um, the offices that used to be located on the far side of the building uh, have been relocated to across the street next to our warehouse, and we're basically gutting the offices. It's already been done, and putting in the new tap room there. A little more expanded seating, temperature controlled. Uh, rules are going to stay the same, though. No kids, dog-friendly. Uh, you can bring in food. Going to work on trying to get a food cart this summer again, but we'll see how that goes. No promises. Uh, if you own a food cart and you listen to this and you want to set up at a brewery, you can hit me up. That'd be super rad. Uh, temperature controlled good. Temperature controlled I did not great. go during the summer. It's rough. But I imagine it's quite if hot. It's 100 degrees outside. It's buck 10 inside. Yeah, that's not great. We got boilers and, and steamers and things like that moving. And seating uh, has never been great there. A lot of a lot of standing room only. Yep, we'll get so, get some expanded seating. That'd be cool to have some more seating. Although there is something kind of charming about the current Breakside Tap Room, I and I guess it makes sense to improve it and to to make it, I don't know, more twenty first century. But yeah. whenever I went there, I was always kind of like, kind I kind of like how yeah, you're you're in the brewery. Yeah, it's blue collar. Yeah, it's yeah. super blue collar, and we're gonna try to keep the vibe the same way. Uh, but it'll be it's beneficial for all of us. We need the space in the brewery. Uh, so that's kind of what propelled this whole thing. It wasn't like we really need to fix the tap room. The tap room was fine. We're just getting a little added bonus from brewery needs. Well, and it was hot. You did need to put AC in there. Yeah, and when it's forty degrees outside, it's yeah, like forty five inside. Mm. Yeah, that bay door's got to go up because we got forklifts got to move. Yeah, yeah, so yep, it's yep, rough. Yep. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to get to before we before we get to beer of the week, uh, very famous brewery. This this news kind of broke a couple weeks ago, but I haven't had the chance. I keep meaning to bring it up and I keep forgetting. Uh, very famous brewery in Copenhagen, McKellar is opening up at the old Burnside Brewing location. Nice. Um, Chef's Table, which is a kind of restaurant group in town, is kind of heading this up and has teamed up with McKellar. And it sounds like they are going to brew there. They brew in Copenhagen and in San Diego, and they have kind of little little bars all over the world. Um, but they are a very famous, very popular craft brewery in Europe that will soon be opening up at the old Burnside location. And for the beer snobs in this town, uh, everyone is really excited. Really excited. And that just makes they come me, with a very strong name. It makes me happy because I go see a lot of metal shows at Bossa Nova Ballroom across the street. So yeah. before the show, I will have a brewery once again to go yeah. to. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like what we were talking about with, with breweries moving to other towns. McKellar is something we get very little to none of in this town. And to drop a McKellar in town is a beautiful idea. Now, hopefully it Are they going to can into local supermarkets and stuff too? I, I don't know. I would hope so. Yeah. But if anything, we can at least go there yep. and they might have beer from their other locations. So that's exciting. And that's kind of the way to do it. We can't get much McKellar. So why not drop one in Portland? Now, hopefully they don't run into the same sort of problems that Burnside ran into there in that location. 
which I honestly think is a great location, so I never understood why that brewery failed. So if McKellar makes good beer, then that space gets revitalized. Yeah, the only we don't know the full story of Burnside, right? We just know that they stopped paying their rent. Yeah. So we don't know if that was because they weren't making money or if there was mismanagement of money or whatever. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if it's a brewery with the staying power of McKellar like you're talking about, I'm not sure they're going to have those same issues. I don't think so. Because you can you can feed on all the money from the entire company, not just that one location. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be such a hit in town that I probably won't go there for like six months after it's open. It'll be super busy. Just be, yeah, just won't be able to get in. And then I asked too when I when I heard about this, who's going to take the Bridgeport spot? You said nobody. I have no clue. I don't think a brewery will. Who can take that on? Nobody in this town. Is there a Bend Brewery that wants to open a Portland location, a, a big one? Um, the first, the one that would come, Sun River the one would come to mind was Sun River, but I heard through the grapevine that they're not ready, they're not interested in Portland right now. What about Bend Brewing Company? Not big enough yet. I don't know if they're big enough. That's what, a big space. Won a lot of awards. That's a big space. Yeah, and it sounds like it's going to cost a lot of money to maintain it, to just pay rent and all that kind of stuff. You it's gotta, such a cool space, though. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I'd be surprised if a brewery moved in. The only thing, the only way I see a brewery moving in is if it's somebody from out of state, out of region. Bring me like a a stone or a ballast point or something. Yeah, something like that. Mm. I'd love a stone. Stone would be sweet. That'd be really good. <laughs> I'd love stone. I'd love ballast point, but I know how you feel about that. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it for in the brews today. Some big national news, some local news as well, and excited about that McKellar. I'm interested to try. I've never tried their beer before. I don't know what to expect. I'm yeah, assuming I've, I've only very had like, Belgian style, right? I, I've only had two or three. No, they make all, sty- all styles. Oh, cool. Yeah, they're all over the place. Nice. It's, it's exciting. I'm I'm really pumped. Uh, we'll do another In the Brews probably in about a month or so once we get more beer news. Coming up next, Beer of the Week. This is Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And from what I have been told, Patrick has been holding on to this for quite some time for Beer of the Week. And it's because for some reason he didn't want to bring it in because of the tasting room episode. We were doing a similar style. And then he didn't want to bring it in again. So we're doing it now. What do we got? Well, it wasn't my turn. Right. But originally it was your turn, but you were like, I'm saving it for a different week. Is what yeah, you said. I guess so, because it was so different to what we have. Yeah. We are finally getting into this. It's been out for a little bit. Um, and uh, thank you to Chris Martin for dropping off a couple cans for us. I was going to bring two in, but I couldn't wait any longer, and I drank one. So now we <laughs> only have one. Uh, and I really, really enjoyed what this beer is. Uh we are once again for the second podcast in a row honking uh, a couple breweries here. Mm. Uh, this is the famous Wrath of Chuck that's been on the market for a little bit. It is a collaboration between Grains of Wrath and Chuckanut. It is a Nelson Sauvin lager, which I imagine, I don't know if they dry hopped it. What but I imagine they dry hopped it with Nelson Sauvin, which is a hop. That's a type of hop? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, 5% ABV. The tasting notes they're giving you is resin, gooseberry, white grape, a roundhouse kick to the face. Death once had a near Chuck experience, and as always, don't be an asshole. Recycle. Oh, okay. Um, oh, and it's got Chuck Norris on there too. I figured that with the with the Chuck joke. All right. 
Uh, so this is so just, this is a West Coast IPA. Just, no, no, it's a lager. Oh, just a hoppy lager. You said a roundhouse kick to the fi- oh more Chuck uh, Norris stuff. Yeah, I was thinking that was just like a really hoppy West Coast IPA. Mm-mm. No, uh, I mean I think again I always think Mike does great stuff out there, and I like the carbonation. He's working on you know doing more and more lagers because he's got his IPAs dialed in, and why not collab with you know the lager brewery in the state of Washington with Chuckin' Up? Wow, Sierra Nevada Pillow. That is, hmm, whoa, there's depth to that, too. Yeah, I think there's a lot going on in this beer. So, right off the top, you get a lot of that kind of fresh hop resin. Thank you for mm-hmm. the resin word on the on the can. Um, that you get in fresh hop beers. You take the sip, super easy drinking sip, mm-hmm. and the back end is just like, all sorts of flavors all at once. I'm not sure I can pinpoint anything specifically on that first sip, but I feel like you get all of the flavor on the back end of the palate, which is kind of nice. Normally yeah. you get that right in the beginning, but it's really easy, and then it hits you right right away. Yeah, I really, really like this beer. You're right on point. The hops come at you right at the front, um, but it is so crisp and so bright. It finishes super clean. Um, I want more of this. What are those flavors? And it, it, I get, I get, I'm getting a lot of fruit flavors from the hop. Am I kind of lying? A little champagne, something going on in Ooh. here at the back end. There's a, there's kind of a residual, clear carbonation you would get from drinking a champagne at the very end. Do you get that? I see what you're talking about. Yeah, the carbonation level you mentioned it earlier is absolutely fantastic in this beer. Yeah, this says white grape gooseberry. I've, I don't know what gooseberry tastes like, but <laughs> white grape. I know that, and I. Maybe that's kind of the champagne-y. Maybe it's more of like a white sparkling wine flavor I'm getting at the back end of it. Yeah. Um, that might be the white grape, but this is a strange but really good beer. I don't know if I've ever had a beer quite like this because it, it is dry. It feels like it's dry hop just from tasting it, right? There's yeah, a certain, definitely. There's a certain dry hop going on, but I don't. there's no comparison to this to me. I've it, not had anything that tastes quite like this. It's a really cool beer, and it's in a 12-ounce can. And Grains of Wrath also has their 12-ounce Mexican lager can out. Which we did last week. And we were laughing. I was laughing with some of the boys. It's like, if Grains of Wrath does 16-ounce tall boys of IPAs and 12-ounce of lagers, sign me up. <laughs> totally into that. Whew, that's interesting. I, I don't know what else to say. It's a good beer. Um, I will say I'm not sure some of the flavors will be for everybody. It is, it is quite unique. I don't know if this is like you're going to go sit and get a classic lager and, and be if you're looking for just a classic clean lager, that's not exactly what you're going to get with this. But that's not a bad thing either. No, I just don't. I'm just don't go in expecting to get something super easy drinking because there's a lot of depth here and it is easy drinking because of the alcohol content. But each sip kind of comes across as like a really, really strong IPA because of all the flavors you're getting, mm-hmm. too. I, th- I think it's I think it's a cool adventure into the hopped Pilsner realm uh, that, or the hopped lager realm, I should say, because keeping the beer body light and lagered and cold and crisp, but just using the right kind of hops to add some sort of touch of unique flavorness, like the Nelson's giving this beer. Um, Is that I, another Southern Hemisphere hop? Oh, off the top of my, I don't. With a name like Nelson, I feel like it would be. I don't know why, but God, I gotta be better at hops. It's driving <laughs> me crazy. You said you were gonna start researching them. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. Man, 
Yeah, Nelson, yeah. New Nelson, Zealand. Nelson Savin. Yeah, New Zealand. I thought so, but I'm always like second guessing myself when it comes to hops. Uh, okay. Well, I don't really have much else to say. It's really interesting. I really like this. I, beer. I think I kind of, I'm very proud of myself for thinking of these things to say about it because mm-hmm. I'm, I feel like this is the first beer I was able to go without help. Nice. I, I went without, I mean, I, I used the can afterwards for help, but to just make that first sip and go, I taste something like champagne. Maybe that's the white grape. I taste it's really kind of easy drinking and then it kind of hits you with flavor late. Smells like hop resin. I'm proud of myself. Good, Mike. I'm proud of you. Pat myself on the back. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Next week, we were kind of at the end of our pre-planned stuff. We we did. Uh, we are going to do music and beer coming up shortly, probably in a week or two. I just got to set up that interview. Um, we also wanted to go do Oregon City in maybe a two-part podcast Yeah. Uh, because there's a lot of breweries down there. Yeah. And Dave, a couple weeks ago, said he would bring us all around Oregon City, which is pretty cool. Uh, I'm going to need a DB. <laughs> but uh, maybe that'll be coming up pretty soon as well. A little double whammy uh, on location Oregon City takeover situation. But uh, we'll uh, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll plan a bunch of more segments to get to as well. But uh, that'll probably be coming up fairly soon here in the next couple of weeks. Remember, social media at Mike Lynch 27 for me on Twitter. Patrick's at PDD085 on Instagram. And you can find the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Radio.com, Google Play, uh, 1080thefan.com, Stitcher, and wherever you find us. If you have the capability, subscribe, rate, review. We love you. That's going to do it for us this week. We'll see you next week and drink some good beer. Deuces. Deuces. You okay? I think so. (laughs) Okay, good. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 